Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Baba, You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Go Home Bible, You're Drunk. I am one of your hosts, Justin Gentry, and we're going to talk about all kinds of fun things uh, this week. If you're listening to this the week it airs, this is what we would formerly have called Holy Week. This will be Thursday, so you may be celebrating Monday Thursday, which is the most hilarious and dumb name for a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I, I was part of many a uh, Holy Week extravaganza as an evangelical because I was a pastor for many years. All I remember is seeing the passion of the Christ. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, we should talk about that. But maybe later after the groaning voice in the background. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Thing blah. (laughs) I'm sorry. Introduces itself. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I'm so glad I got an it. Um, Yeah. Anyway. Hi, I'm Tori. I was raised fundamentalist. And um, I decided to leave and I have a lot of feelings about it. And so I decided to, instead of having a human child, have a pandemic baby that was a podcast so that I can decompress all of my decades of repressed emotions <laughs> from evangelicalism <laughs> and groan in the background whenever somebody talks about, holy, oh my God, I can't even say it. I'm going to vomit. <laughs> Monday Thursday it's like moist for you like ah not Monday Thursday um, yeah yeah moist doesn't really I've never understood really that actually me. I, if some if there are people that don't like moist I'm sorry I should have done so a trigger sorry. warning there yeah but, <laughs> why are we saying this word it's an but, awful word don't get me wrong but it's never like bothered me yeah but like yeah I, I don't know if it's I don't know well the same people that don't like moist don't like ointment either I'm saying all it's the triggering true. words I'm sorry I think it's just a sound I don't know well, and it's it's also it's also what what the what it's describing, which can be gross. Yeah, I suppose. It's also many many people's first word for Wordle, and I know for a fact this is the first time that Wordle has come up on the show. So oh. we're kind of outing ourselves. I feel like that is a <laughs> this is a this is a moment. It was kind of like the moment when I first talked about CrossFit on the show. Oh we're yeah, first talking uh-huh. about Wordle on the show. We've uh, we've kept it to ourselves, and so yeah. Anyway, so we needed multiple trigger warnings for our intro. Sorry, maybe I'll put that in the show notes. Like we do say the M word and the W word. So we're part, we're part of that cult. We're part of that cult because we're not part of the Holy Week cult anymore. 
But, you know, in the spirit of the season, I suppose, you know, there were a couple things, things coming back to life. Things, yeah, things coming back to life. We wanted to talk about. And so I think rather than a this week in evangelicalism, because I mean, what's going on in evangelicalism is it, it's like, I kind of wish they would come up with some new hits because it's if they're not shitting on trans people, they're trying to stop abortions or they're trying to tell us that dinosaur bones are the work of the devil. Like it, it's I feel like it's those three on rotation lately. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or it's it's a bearded guy that has never brought a woman to orgasm telling what women what they should do. Like it's one of those four any given week. So we're kind okay, of taking okay. a break. Yeah. Do you have a more? pause on that? No, no. <laughs> I'm trying to move us along. <laughs> yeah. So not doing that. Any, you know, we're taking a break from this weekend evangelicalism. And it's more just like, what did Tori and Justin find fascinating? That's somewhat on theme. Because <laughs> we both have ADHD. Yes. And we research a lot of things. And what better way to put that knowledge to use than on our podcast with cool folks like you? So, Tori, did you want to bring up the the this week in Tori's mind that you wanted to talk about? Oh, no. But it's totally yes. on. It's. I feel like it's. It. It. It's. It is perfectly on brand. It's on brand. It's thematic. It's, it's like yes, seasonally it appropriate. All of the things. It all. It is all of the things. Yeah, we're we're definitely and it. So that makes it way better than you know talking about whatever shenanigans evangelicals are up to. So yesterday there was this there was this really cool thread and people were talking about kids and just like wild things that kids say because they're children and all kinds of interesting things just spontaneously erupt from their little brains. Yes. <laughs> and it's awesome. So I knew that I was going to have several hours just like veg yesterday. And, um, I replied to like a couple of these really cute tweets of things that like people's kids had said. And somebody, a couple of the replies were kids saying things that they sh like shouldn't have known. One of them was a child describing their own birth, like them being born as, uh, feeling like they were in a suitcase that got unzipped because they were born via C-section, which is not a thing they could have known. Like children don't know what a C-section is. And so I was, you know, I was kind of like poking around in here and somebody goes, Hey, you should probably watch. I had, well, I had an emotional connection to one of, one of the tweets because somebody essentially described their child as saying, <laughs> I think that they were asking their child, like, how did you get here? And the kid said, you called for me and I came to you or something. Aww, that's sweet. I know. I know. That's so sweet. No, it was like, I cried. I cried. And so I like left a little comment and somebody goes, hey, you should go and watch the episode of surviving death about reincarnation. And I was like, well, I'm going to have some free time later today. So I should do that. And um, man. It was, it was kind of a mind fuck. So I sent it to Justin today. And I can verify it. It was a mind fuck. Like we had to pause it a couple times. Yeah. I, I didn't have to do that, but I definitely was like choking up and getting close to tears. And I, it didn't help that my, my other pandemic baby, a human baby, <laughs> um, was kind of like, was kind of like cuddling with me and sleeping like while I was watching it, you know, which was really sweet, but it was just like, oh. Like it just Aww. like, it like made it much more poignant and real. So we were going to, we wanted to talk a little bit about reincarnation because, you know, like Christians are talking about resurrection, which is fine. And we're going to talk about that later in the show, but we're also going to talk about reincarnation because 
I I found this particular episode of this series to be fascinating in a way that I had not considered about reincarnation before. And it was super fascinating. Like, and I'm not gonna say like, oh, I believe in reincarnation now, but I I will no longer snicker when people talk about it. I guess I don't not believe in reincarnation currently. Yes. I, yeah, currently. I would say that's, I don't not believe. (laughs) Uh, Like for those of you who haven't, who haven't seen it, there is, uh, from what I understand, one, one person in, in the entire world who does verifies quote unquote, these reports of children who talk about past lives that they've had. And I worked in a neuroscience lab. We worked with kids. And so I was like, I'm being, I'm sitting here watching and being super, super skeptical. And I'm like, he's asking this child leading questions. Like, I don't approve of like, whatever, whatever your protocol is here. Like, I don't think that the IRB approved it for you. (laughs) Just being kind of a snot, but it was really interesting because there were several children kind of featured in the show who gave like these very compelling firsthand accounts of someone else's life people that they'd never met never heard of like could not have known existed and it was it was really really fascinating yeah and some of the things that were more compelling to me too were you know he would put kind of once they'd zeroed in on maybe maybe you know like one kid had talked about a particular park that they played at or one person had even one kid had even talked about like living a full life, like having a wife and children and dying, you know, 60 or something. And one of the more compelling pieces to me was, you know, him putting pictures in front of them. And at first I think it was just, he was just putting two pictures. And I was like, oh, okay. Statistically, right. You, you could, could get five out of five on get, that. Yeah. But then yeah. like he was putting decks of like four or five pictures in front of them at, at points. And the, you know, kids were without error, at least in this documentary, I'm sure he's had plenty that had errors pointing yes this was this was this was my wife this was my kid this was my house this was you know my friend and with like names like that that was the part to me that I was like that was the trippy part this child is quote-unquote making up names that can be googled and and the and this the constellation of names that they're naming all knew each other if I just said like Jeff Francis that's just the first thing that popped in my head like I could Google and find a Jeff Francis somewhere, like I'm sure. But if I if I just said five random names and all of them knew each other and were close to each other or maybe some were married to each other, it, it, it began to breach that like skeptical part of me that was like, OK, this could be random or this could be complete chance. And and it, even I was like, well, the parents are making it up. But I'm like, OK, but like, what do they gain out of making this up? And how do they make up 200 factoids? About, about somebody very, that you can't google yeah you can't like, google some of these they, people they had to go and like talk to these people's relatives because there was no information about these people online because they, they died like before the internet <laughs> yeah they died so there's a death certificate and then they had living family and then they would send the living family like hey this kid you know said 200 facts about this person who's your dad who's your dad all those are true about my dad <laughs> about my dad like <laughs> Or like even the one where the kid said, yeah, I died. This, this child, like I, I can't imagine like my child talking to them when they're four years old and them saying like, I remember dying at 61. For a child to say that, number one is, I think, concerning. 
but then to go to the person's name that they're saying and the death certificate says 59 and then you go deeper in the records you realize oh no that person actually was 61 when they died and and the death certificate was a mistake like Uh it's stuff like that like okay a child can't google all this to make it up and it's so wild and and there wasn't and i appreciated that they they didn't really do much on the spiritual angle of things it was just kind of like research is showing you know based on this guy's research at the division of perceptual studies at the university of virginia i think his name is dr tucker dr jim tucker yeah and and he's part of another uh, kind of like a larger group of people i think that are kind of researching death in general and our perception of it and how we experience it and so it is it is fascinating to me that there is a growing body of data i wouldn't even call it evidence just body of data that seems to point to young children having these like um, not even vague memories like sometimes very specific and vivid memories of things that they should not have memories of because they weren't alive they weren't alive like the one kid was obsessed with planes and well turns out the person they were talking about died in a plane crash. was a pilot that died in world war ii no you know what was really interesting to me what you say about like parent like coaching a kid to like make up a story or whatever and what I thought was really interesting about the the first little kid they interviewed where it was like it was these sort of like a or b options with the photos do you recognize these parks do you recognize these women it's like yeah that's my mom that's my dad like but what was really interesting is what was really interesting to me because you have to with like the protocol in doing a lot of autism and ADHD testing you are, you're also watching like the body language, right? And the kid was not looking, the child was not looking at his mom to verify that he had done it right. Like not once did he do that. And I thought that that was really interesting because it's like, if you're coaching your kid to do a thing, they want to make sure they did it the correct way. This kid didn't, didn't do that. Yeah. Most of them are very confident answers of like, yep, that's what I saw. Right. Right. And I found it very compelling, frankly. I was also really interested or fascinated by the fact that, you know, generally kids have these sorts of memories between the ages of like two and five, essentially, which is also kind of the window that like kids occasionally have been known to like accurately describe their own birth, the circumstances around their birth. Like, I think I, I feel like at least the stories that I have heard, right. So it's not like evidence or anything. It's just like these random little data points all over the place. It tends to be like traumatic births, which is really interesting to me. Like in a couple of the kids in the documentary, like it was like it wasn't dissimilar that the things that they were recounting were were traumatic, traumatic. Yeah, there was one that seemed like a normal life. The two or three other ones were like a, a dramatic, a dramatic death or a life kind of cut short. Right. I, you know, I was like, I really enjoy this. And I get, I try really hard not to think about the fact that like human beings are just these energy containers and like energy doesn't ever go away, you know, not to say that like, you know, I don't, I don't even entertain the possibility that like every, everybody is like reincarnated or that everybody would be reincarnated. Like that doesn't make any sense to me, but you know, you have too many people like how, right, right. Yeah. Like how long <laughs> is the queue at this point when you die? 
there were a couple of stories also that I read that were very weird, like they're like stigmata shit of kids who had birth defects in places where the person that they're, they used to be, that they claim they used to be like had been injured or something. Yeah. I don't know. I'm like really into this. This is, I'm like, I'm very, very fascinated, but I love kids anyway. So I'm like being able to talk to a kid who used to be an adult is really fascinating to me. Well, and it's interesting too. They did briefly uh, interview a, an indigenous tribe, the kind of, and talking about like how like, oh yeah, like this person is, you know, this person, like they. Right. Yeah. Very... It was a first, it was a first nations tribe. And I, and I think British Columbia and yeah, that they, like they believe in reincarnation and they have like family trees that say this person used to be this person. And this individual used to be this person. And yeah, it's, you know, there are other places where it is obviously reincarnation is just a given, right? So there are other places where you can probably get better data than in the US. But yeah, it was very, for someone who went in like really, really skeptical, but also like with some amount of, of knowledge of like kids and, and like neuroscience research and the ways that tools are used to do assessments on kids. Yeah. It was a very strong case <laughs> that some of these children, like there was, there wasn't any, it was, it was too much data to make up. It was too much to be chance. And that, and that, that was what seemed more compelling to me and that it was like, Oh, this is, this is well done. And I'm not, I don't immediately hate this. Like, you know, last week when we were talking about the, whatever, case for heaven that Lee Strobel did I would probably immediately hate that <laughs> but this is like mm, I don't immediately think this is bad and, and also I think too it was it was even the researchers like not necessarily coming at it with some kind of agenda it's just more like I'm doing this just you know from a pure research standpoint because there are there is data here to be gathered and I think you know that we have the internet and and ways to confirm a lot of data whereas you know even 100 years ago even 50 years ago there just wasn't the tools for normal people to go and find someone go and find like you know if if my kid just said a random name and said like you know i miss so-and-so like how do you know so-and-so oh i don't i just you know i remember them from before like i wouldn't have the tool to like google that person and realize oh they died 75 years ago so, uh, yeah, I don't know what I think about it necessarily, but the, you know, the energy piece is compelling to me. And, and I also, you know, with my kids without my coaching or nudging are like into reincarnation just as an idea, like almost as a given my, you know, my five-year-old wants to, when they die, they want to come back as a cat. That's their you know aspiration in life Honestly, is, is to a be win. a cat. And, and I, I'm okay with that. They also think that my infant son is our dog who died a few years ago. Come back um, to our family. So that's is, really cute, which is precious. Also, don't don't give your kid a complex, but that's really adorable. It is very adorable. You used to be a dog. Yeah, you used to be a dog and you loved us so much. You came back like, <laughs> you know, like, you know, that's like it's weird because I also have that dog's ashes like. In my closet somewhere so that's that's weird to me but i'm like holding him during this documentary i'm like oh no you did not used to be a dog don't think that's just 
like, well, yeah, because then there's like when you do talk about reincarnation, like what kind of reincarnation are you talking about? Are you talking about just humans? Is it is it all of life is trying to? Is it like ascending some ladder, or is it? I don't know if you uh, watch the the egg, Tori, or not, but I'm going to spoil it for you because I want to talk about it. Like the egg, it was a short story by Andy Weir, which I, you know, definitely, especially for re- deconstructed folks, I think is exploring just weird ideas. I think is fascinating if you want to read it. Uh, there's also it's called Kurtz Kazat is the YouTube creators that did like kind of an animated version of it. It just kind of takes you know a guy dies and then he meets you know what he assumes to be God, and you know he says well it's nice that we have this time to talk but you're gonna you're gonna go back now. And he says, you're going to go back to like the fifth century in China. You're going to be a, a peasant girl. And he's like, wait, wait a second. I'm going to go back in time. Like, what the hell? And, and you know, essentially through the spoiler alert, if actually, you know, if you just want to read it on your own, you don't want to hear that. Just, you know, fast forward a minute or two. But eventually he comes to discover that, like, he is every person. Every person that ever lived is this one person. So every time you love someone, every time you victimize someone, every time you, you know, he's like, and yeah, it's just, it's just like, I'm Hitler, I'm Jesus. And the, the being is like, yes, like, and the point is, like, once you live every human life possible, your consciousness expands to the point where you become like me, like this God or whatever. So like the universe is then an egg of like training, essentially. Uh, which is a fascinating idea to me. So it's like, you know, watching this documentary and watching these other things and, and, and the egg just even as a philosophy that like, you know, when I harm someone, I'm harming myself. When I love someone, I'm loving myself. That's a, to me, that's a beautiful idea whether you attach reincarnation to it or not. And so I think, you know, science and data is gonna, I think, lead spirituality and metaphysics into some interesting new places. And I'm here for it, frankly. The idea that we're all the same person or all the same consciousness kind of getting recycled over and over because time has no meaning <laughs> is, you know, I, I dig that actually. It's a, it's a really, it's a really meaningful way to look at the world because it's kind of the opposite. It's the inverse of the hyper individualistic kind of framework that we're given. Yeah. That it's like every man for himself sort of situ- like bootstraps sort of situation. Which, you know, we're, we're told that that's human nature, which it is objectively not. But, you know, that's what we're taught in the U.S., in the West, I guess I should say. But so, yeah, having, having you know, lots, but lots of other cultures have this framing of this, like, interconnectedness, right? People, like, humans would never have evolved if we had all tried to, like, go off our own way and, like, just make it on our own. Like, we don't, we're not tough enough to survive <laughs> that way. So I, you know, I think that in, in reincarnation, clearly any kind of religion can be weaponized to abuse people. So, you know, I, I you know, there's, there's a lot to unpack there, I think kind of philosophically, but yeah, I think setting aside sort of the religious piece of it to me, like that's, that's at least worth some thought, some examination. You know, we're all sharing the same energy here and how far you want to take that metaphor, you know, all the way to reincarnation or us all being the same thing, or even just the idea that we all got to figure out a way to live together and share the resources that we have. I think, you know, that's, it's a good thing to have. And I think it's a good thing to think about, you know, in springtime as abundance seems to be rising around us. So, yeah, yeah. And things are coming back. Yes. I love it. Which is a lovely thought, and I feel like I'm going to spoil it now because we're going to take a break to do a little, a little to do a little capitalism. 
You got to pay the bills somehow, I guess. You do got to pay the bills. And, you know, I mean, money is is just energy and we, we got to figure out how to use it, right? True. Share, share, it, share it. So enjoy these ads, if you will. And uh, we'll be back in a moment. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth. And this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Thanks, y'all, for putting up with more capitalism. Helps us pay the bills, kind of. Speaking of paying the bills, we do have a new youth pastor who has Yay. joined our church <laughs> cult <laughs> whatever yeah so they get a life verse that they can hang on to for all of eternity or immediately dispose of it doesn't matter um <laughs> or you know in their next life they can quote it to their new parents at the age of three and freak them out <laughs> i used to listen to this podcast Oh my God. So, oh, that'd be so weird if, like, in the future, like, they're playing our podcast to someone that listened to it and they're like, oh, I know them. Okay. Oh I'm, just, I'm, really wow. Wow. That went so many directions <laughs> that I did not expect. Chris gets their life first. Yes. Chris. Courtesy yeah. of, of the Holy Spirit, not me, just so that we're all on the same page. So I'm just going to see where, where the hand of the Lord leads me, I suppose. Um, Okay, Psalm 66, verse 6. Ooh, 666. This is special. Nice. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see. He turned the sea into dry land and they passed through the river on foot. There did we rejoice in him. So it's about the Red Sea, people of God being led out of Egypt, which, if you want to hear about God doing a major clusterfuck, you should listen to the episode on the 10 plagues of Egypt because that was. That was a choice. <laughs> so, <laughs> Chris, thanks so much. Uh, yeah. I think that you did get like the specialist verse in the Bible. Yeah, like the <laughs> yes. middle of the Bible, 666. Kind of dramatic. Yeah, I think it, that was I a think good it, one. Yeah, I think it might be saying something. Yeah, so may, may your feet be dry, I guess. Would be sure. The blessing there. Cross some rivers on foot. <laughs> dry. If you're, if you're so inclined, I don't know. Yeah. Stand up paddleboard, whatever. So enjoy that. Yeah. Thank you so much. Greatly appreciated. All right. So we are going to talk about resurrection. We're actually not going to talk about Jesus' resurrection because we're over I mean, it. We're, we're over it. You <laughs> might be over it at this point. And, you know, if you're not over it at this point, you know, when this debuts on Thursday, you're going to hear a lot about it in the next four days. But we are going to talk about resurrections in the Bible. We're, and we kind of just kind of popcorn, if you will. Some of these just delightful instances of people coming back from the dead in the Bible. Some are poignant and some are hilarious. Mostly, honestly, they're hilarious or just odd. So we're going to talk about them. And so honestly, you know, if you want to drink along with us, you can. And, you know, whenever someone gets comes back from the dead, 
for a reason that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense or for a reason that you're like, you know, this this energy used to animate you could have been better used for like <laughs> anyone else. Literally anybody. You go ahead and you take a drink. All right. So where, I don't know, where, where do you want to start? Do you have a favorite other? Well, let's, let's start with Lazarus and we'll kind of work our way backwards. I, I think. But Lazarus isn't, but Lazarus, okay, Lazarus is in the middle. Okay, go ahead. Okay, he's <laughs> in the middle. Yeah, he no, is we in can, the middle. We can start with Lazarus. Right. That's the tab that was open. I'll oh, be honest. No, okay, so um, can, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna like show how weird I am. So my favorite resurrection story. Yeah, just, yeah, let's start with your favorite. After Jesus died and like the veil of the temple was torn in two, apparently many graves were opened yes. according to Matthew 28, <laughs> yes. 50 and 51 from which many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. It says, and um, they were coming out of their graves after Jesus resurrection and they went into Jerusalem and people saw them. And then like, what happened? To, what happened then, after? Yes. I would like to know. <laughs> yes. That is one of the weirder ones. I find it very strange. Like, yeah. What? It's only in Matthew, I think. That's the only place I see it here. Yeah. And what, what happened? Yeah. Like, and we don't mention them ever again. Like you would think they would pop up again in Acts somewhere, you know, or did they, did they go back to sleep? Was it just like a, like angels we have heard on high kind of thing where they're like, <laughs> Jesus is dead. Jesus. Yeah. Oh and they, and they came up out of the grave when he dies. So this makes me think that it's not a good thing. Was this truly at a zombie apocalypse? Well, I mean, the Holy Spirit was clearly released from his cage when this (laughs) happened. So like, (laughs) it's like, it's like the going to the pigs thing. Like it has to find a body. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just kind of mean like if you've been living in a tent for a long time, I guess it's not true because the temple was built at this point. The Holy Spirit has just been chilling in this little box behind a curtain, pulling all of the strings. So, you know, I imagine when you when you get out of jail, you want to go do some shit. And if you're a ghost, you have options. And apparently, rather than maybe maybe ethically didn't want to possess a currently living body. Mm, fair. Override someone's free will. So it just it's like, hey, you're not using this anymore. Welcome back. Welcome back. We're going to take a ride. <laughs> We're going to just take a ride real quick. Jesus stole an ass. The Holy Spirit stole some bodies. It's fine. Yeah, it's like there's no commentary. Nothing. There's just... Does anybody... Oh, no. Somebody does talk about it. Who is it? Is it Peter that talks about this happening? But not not like talking about it like, oh, I talked to them. Right. No, it's just like, oh, a thing that happened was people came back from the dead. Yeah. Like, you would think that they would be followers of Jesus and that it would be mentioned that, like, formerly dead people are following jesus like to me that's a hook that is you know maybe i'm just like a cynical marketing person but i'm like (laughs) this is a way to get people to join your cult like formerly dead people have joined our cult (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah this one is this one is a doozy and you know we get no answers is you know which is i i that's pretty typical i think for the bible yeah providing no answers for us yeah yeah you don't get a lot of of answers and that's that's just yeah that is the way that it is you have anything more to say on this one on this particular one no no not at this time i'm glad that the holy spirit got to go live his best life yeah one of my favorites if we're going to go to the old testament we'll get to lazarus at some point 
is, you know, it's in, oh, where is it at? Uh, it's in Second Kings 13. And, you know, Elisha has died and they buried him, you know, as, as you do. And, you know, the verses literally, Elisha died and was buried. And now Moabite raiders used to enter the country every spring. You know, that's what they do. And once, while some Israelites were burying a man, they suddenly saw a band of raiders, which, you know, we don't have time. That's to... terrifying. Don't have so time to bury people. threw the man's body into Elisha's tomb. Which, which was open. Which apparently was just wide open. Like, like oh, we're digging man. this hole. Like Elisha's, <laughs> you know. And then when the body touched Elisha's bones, the man came to life and stood on his feet. <laughs> so what you're saying was, he was in a coma. <laughs> yeah. And, and then was probably him. immediately killed by these raiders. <laughs> <laughs> what is God doing? Um, so yeah, th- th- that's there again. There's no commentary after that. Nope. We don't know the it's, man's name. It's the <laughs> whole just, two verses. Yeah. I just, I find that hilarious. Like they're like, Oh, we got to bury our friend. Like, Oh shit. <laughs> like, like, no, nope, uh, not now. Uh, no one will know if we throw it in Elisha's tomb. Which again, like, why are all of the tombs accessible in Israel? It seems like every single one, like, it seems like Jesus' tomb was an exception that they like put a rock in front of it and guards. Seems like a lot of other people's tombs were just open to the public. Yeah, you could just like go on in there. There's just a sign that says like, no no shoes, no service. And like, you can just wander. (laughs) Yeah, I do actually (laughs) think that they, if I'm, this is, you know, this is me off the cup pulling memories out of my seminary brain mm-hmm. so this could be wrong but i do think that it was more you know they put them in the tomb tomb is maybe like a misnomer it's more of a like a this is a place away for you to rot and then and then and then we take your bones like a year or two later and we put them in like an ossuary interesting okay so it's it wasn't necessarily like a this is where your body's going to be forever maybe some wealthy people were it was, it was more like a co-op um co-op graveyard yeah where you know we're just gonna be in here for a while and then and then we're gonna pull you out once you've kind of once you're really really gone that makes some sense but like so is the point like just the desert heat and like the buzzards and the critters just do their thing and then you come back and then you come back (laughs) what's the plan why wasn't elijah's bones picked up yeah i I, elijah's bones yeah why I don't know. Why were they still there? Somebody was being negligent. <laughs> negligent, yes. This reminds me of like the demon possessed man who used to like live in the tombs. Yeah, like he just like would chill amongst the tombs. Frankly, he probably had like mad cow disease or something. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, I he mean, had this is crap. Brain prions. Yeah, he may have been snacking. <laughs> no, no, there's no way he would have died. There's no way. You can't survive eating human corpses, Justin. He was messed up. He, I mean, the up. symptoms. <laughs> the demon-possessed man was a zombie. Just looking for brains. That one is funny to me. No, that like, one is but like, excellent. But like, why does this guy get raised from the dead? For no discernible reason. For no, like, yeah. And then like, it's funny that the Bible will talk about like someone rising from the dead so nonchalantly like this mm-hmm. and it's like like did people go back to elijah's bones then and were more dead bodies tossed in there to like well stan was raised from the dead <laughs> getting thrown in there 
let's let's drag grandma over there and see if we can toss her in there real quick like oh my gosh i i i don't know i i I wish it would say like and people try to recreate it i don't know yeah i mean the information that they choose to include and not include in the bible is always very interesting like there were always some editing choices made not the right ones clearly because it's a thousand pages long but i do think that that is maybe the best maybe the best resurrection story in the bible (laughs) 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 it's instant it's not like jesus waiting around three days Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. this is this is instant resurrection or elisha wrong guy lazarus yeah lazarus who just yeah stunk around in there for a bit and so yeah just a funny story this also makes me can i can i go go another direction with this for just really this this particular story for a second Um, this makes me wonder if like these kinds of stories might be why religious relics of like people's bodies became so popular, you know, that they like did miracles. I mean, that's kind of the premise of like, why else would you be stealing St. Peter's like some random bone of St. Peter? Yeah. It does magic tricks. It does magic tricks. Yeah. And if this person, you know, if we're going to put a scientific spin on it, let's just say the story actually happened and the person was, you know, in a coma or whatever. And, you know, the jolt of being tossed into a tomb, you know, kind of woke them up. I am sure people would be like, oh, there is power in these bones. Yeah. We have proof. Yeah. Here is, you know, we have done science. And... (laughs) This is the proof. Yeah, I mean, humans humans have always been scientists to a point, I think. It, it just, you know, whether the method was rigorous or not. <laughs> but we threw a dead person in here and they came out alive. That's compel- that is compelling to me. Yes, it is very compelling evidence. Very true. Anyway, that, that's uh, just a funny story to me. I do want to talk about Lazarus, but I, do, I actually want to talk about another story first. Okay. Because I think it's interesting. Lazarus gets too much attention anyway. Yeah, but there's a story in Mark of, you know, Jairus, the synagogue leader, and, you know, Jairus, his daughter, is raised from the dead. This is what I find interesting, and I don't know if it's a difference between Mark and John, or, again, Jesus is a character in these books that serves a purpose, not necessarily an actual human being, (laughs) or maybe Jesus just grew over time. But, like, he strolls into Jairus's house and everyone's crying. And Jesus is like, why are you crying? Like this kid's not dead. You know, she's just asleep. And people laughed at him like, no, she's dead. Like, so he's coming in to this like grieving situation and kind of like low key making fun of them. Like, <laughs> like, why are you, why are you all crying? Like, and then, you know, he says like, Hey, get up little girl, get up. And then she got up and, I don't know if she wanted food or something. I mean, imagine being resurrected from the dead is, you know, a very calorie intense process and you would, true, want, true. you would want food after that. You'd want some food. So then you get to Lazarus, who is dead. And and we can slow down a little bit if you want. But I, I just find it funny that Jesus... Response is like the opposite. Yeah, very much going to Lazarus's tomb to resurrect him, by the way. Right. Still cries. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, and then raises him from the dead. Well, you know, I, I think I think resurrecting another person is probably also a very calorie intensive task. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could, <laughs> this could be another situation of Jesus being hangry. He forgot to eat. He forgot to eat and got a little weepy. And maybe he was just more well fed. 
When he resurrected Jairus' daughter. I don't know. I love I love how like shady Jesus is in this story too, because it's like he knew that Lazarus was sick and and he still was like, nah, I'm hanging out in Bethany. <laughs> or no, delayed returning to Bethany, rather. Yeah, like, like, yeah, they sent for him and Jesus is like Right. And he's like, I'll get there when I get there. Yeah. Oh, good then. <laughs> I have so many things to say about the fact that I think that Jesus was on his period. <laughs> <laughs> well the way yeah. that he behaves jesus jesus <laughs> did have xx chromosomes <laughs> this who is knows, established who knows what was going on in there but like but for real like he, there's no rhyme or reason to kind of anything that he does in this story or any other and that's why it makes sense to me if this is literature written from a particular point of view to use this character to communicate ideas almost like it's not supposed to make sense people are going to cringe at this comparison but let me let me make it similar to like atlas shrugged atlas shrugged is a terrible book i'm just going to say it it is so obviously trying to communicate ideas through the mouths of these characters that it's a terrible book it doesn't make a lot of sense it's dumb there's this like 20 page long speech in it that should have just been an essay, not in a book, but it, it's made to get a point across. And uh-huh. I think similarly, the gospels were written to use Jesus as a mouthpiece to get these ideas across. To me, that makes more sense than like, this is an actual character that we're trying to accurately depict everything they said, because like this person is a weird person, a deeply <laughs> weird person. Like, it, it, so you know, his like sickness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory. So that God's son will be glorified through it. Like, that's not something you say to someone grieving. It's like, don't worry, he's going to die. Thanks. I think Yeah, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. I'm going here to wake him up. Jesus should be weird. And yeah, he has having this conversation with Martha. Like, and he, Jesus is like, your brother will rise again. And Martha was like, well, of course he'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Like, she's like, well, of course, I know this religious mumbo jumbo. And then Jesus <laughs> like responds, I'm the resurrection and the life. No one who believes, you know, like what? Like, you're really kind of making this about you, buddy. But if the book, uh, John is about like stringing together a bunch of I am statements, which is what John is. It's just a, a narrative that stitches together I am statements about Jesus. Then, okay, this we're waiting for the I am statement. Oh, there it is. It popped up randomly in this conversation. Surprise. Surprise. We yeah, found so it. then, you know, Jesus weeps, you know, shortest verse in the Bible, you know, one of the most famous ones. Well, can I go back like a, a verse why? or two? Go ahead. Why, why? Yeah. Well, that's a great question also, yeah. which is why I said maybe Jesus was on his period. I do. I do legit like that. Like in, in John, Mary comes back and she's just like, bitch, if you had been here, he would not have died. <laughs> like, I love that to me is like, that's what I would have been like. And I do feel like that is, that is the prayer. I think most of us prayed in some form or another to God at some point. Like, uh-huh. Yeah. Bitch, if you would have been here, this terrible thing wouldn't have happened. Wouldn't have happened. And yeah. And I like that Mary and Martha both. The John, the John piece is so weird to me. Like, like the, this, this story in John is so fucking weird. Yeah. Like, yeah. Jesus is like, I'm going to, I'm going to be cruel. Like I could heal my friend, but I'm going to loiter. I'm busy. I'm, 
around until he dies so that I get to tell Martha that I'm the resurrection. I'm going to get weepy about it, even though I like I am going there for the express purpose to see my friend again. I'm telling everybody, oh, they're asleep, they're asleep, they're asleep. I laughed at people crying at another funeral. (laughs) (laughs) They're probably like, Jesus, no, don't come. Like, please stay where you are. Yeah, that's why he's crying. They're like, we don't want you here. (laughs) Oh my God. The last funeral you made real weird. It was an emotional roller coaster. Go off, you know. Yeah, and then the Jews are the the Jews said, which I, I don't like that in the scriptures that it's always the Jews. Like the, the people Jews said. collectively as a people said. No, the people who were there him. said yeah, they were just there. Like <laughs> they were the people who were there. Yeah, you don't the people have to say that the were Jews. There. Yeah. And then yeah, and so then he raises Lazarus from the dead. He comes out like probably like a mummy, I'm guessing. Because <laughs> he's all in burial clothes. That'd be a rough wake up, honestly. Like, oh, you were you were, you were gonna you were gonna close me in here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yikes. We're even gonna check, huh? <laughs> fall asleep, wake up at a tomb. You know I'm a heavy sleeper. You guys, seriously, what is your problem? Yeah, Jesus is like, no, seriously, Lazarus is asleep. I know he's a heavy sleeper. <laughs> it's like y'all are just dumb. Yeah. Like, I've slept over at your house. I know how that guy works, and he will not get up for anything. It just everything about this is like so contradictory. It's like he's just he's fucking around, and then he comes and like Martha. He's like has this conversation with Martha. He has a conversation with Mary, and 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 then like he sees other people crying, and so then he starts crying, right? Like Jesus wept, like shortest verse in the Bible. Okay, it's like but the verse before literally says like seeing Mary weeping and those with her. Jesus was troubled in his spirit. Jesus, like bro get it together like what was the plan this is this is not dissimilar to like the exodus like all the plagues this is the most complicated way to do a thing jesus yeah. why are you doing it like this this is like a rube goldberg resurrection yes. like. <laughs> how can i make this as overly complicated as possible and make it about me and like hey everybody gather around i am the res you know like I have a few words. Can I say a few words? It's like, bro, the funeral was three days ago. No, you can't. We're at the wake now. Like, it's <laughs> over. I loved him so much. Hey, bring Lazarus out here. I need to say some things to it. It's again, like Jesus is when you, okay. So this is like, this is like the inverse of everything that they said with Trump, right? Because with the Bible, you're supposed to take everything like literally, kind like literally and seriously. But when you, when you kind of, switch it to like you take it literally but not seriously right because that was what everybody said with trouble was like take him seriously but not literally it's like well this is the reason that they make you take it seriously is because it's fucking hysterical yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> like this is like i would love to see mel brooks or something do the bible right everything in here is bananas it is quite bananas yeah i don't know if you have more to say about this one but you know I, Another favorite is our buddy, Paul. Oh, Paul, that jackass. One of his greatest moments. Oh, this is one of Paul's top hits. And one of his, one of, one of, it's one of my favorite stories of Paul. Cause it is one of the more like Paul things to do. And again, one of those things that's like, could you have not raised anyone else from the dead? So uh, this is Acts 20, verse 7, if you were interested, you know, so like Paul's, you know, he's getting together with folks, they're breaking bread at Troas. He can't stop talking. 
he's preaching till midnight. Anyone that's preached from a decent hour to an indecent hour is full of themselves. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Anyone. We're just going to put that out there in the universe. Anyone that does that. And you're an ineffective communicator. <laughs> yeah, you are. Like, I would tell pastors all the time, you go more than 20 or 30 minutes, you're talking to yourself. Uh-huh. You, you uh-huh. Lost. So if you didn't say it yet, you haven't said it. You're not going to say, it. or there's like so many pastors where like, you know, I've listened to a sermon, like you got it in the barn, but you didn't say, whoa, just rode that horse right through the barn. You just kept going for another 20 minutes on some, like we were done. Pastors do like to hear themselves talk, but we don't Tori. Oh yeah. No, all. I'm no, I'm totally <laughs> here for that. I'm like, yeah. I get to hold you to a different standard. Also, we're not trying to bore people. Yeah, we're not trying to bore people. And we're also not telling them to listen to our podcast or they go to hell. (laughs) Right. Slightly different. Very different. Listen if you enjoy it. And if you don't, go with God. It's fine. Give us a five-star review on the way out and go. (laughs) Like, it's okay. You did agree that you were going to come to our church. We have killed zero of you thus far. Unlike Paul. Yeah, unlike Paul, who's, you know, like, it's, it's talking about how many lamps are upstairs. Like, they're trying to meet. And there's this dude in the window, probably just trying to get some air. It's probably hot as fuck. It's probably hot. Yeah. Like a bunch of people sitting around sweating in the, you know, in Greece for, or maybe Turkey or something like with a bunch of lamps. He's hot, you know, and he was sinking into a deep sleep. And then the NIV says, as Paul talked on and on. So even Luke, who's writing this is like, Paul needs to shut the fuck up. So he went sound asleep and he fell to the ground from the third story and was picked up dead. So, <laughs> which is the best way to describe confirmation of, of someone dying. Well, he picked him up and he was dead. <laughs> and so Paul, who, who I imagine in a fit of trying to not interrupt his sermon, threw himself on the young man and just says, don't be alarmed. <laughs> Paul, I'm I'm deeply alarmed. He's what alive. What are you doing? No, we picked him up and confirmed he was dead. That's the way you confirm people are dead. And then he, but the here's the thing, Paul. <laughs> like, and so then he went upstairs again, broke bread and ate. You know, this is a theme. And then after talking until daylight, until daylight. These aren't people that have jobs. Clearly, he's not talking to working class people. No, not at all. <laughs> And then people took the young man home alive and were greatly comforted. He had like many broken bones, but he survived the fall. (laughs) Again, he was unconscious from broken bones, but. Okay. So yeah. Question. Was he really dead? First of all, secondly, did Paul send him home with a bunch of broken bones? Internal bleeding or whatever. Like, or even like, like almost, it almost feels like Paul was trying to cover it up. Like, no, no, (laughs) no, he's fine. No Roman guards go away. He's alive. (laughs) gonna walk it off like you're doing a weekend at bernie's kind of deal like totally alive we'll write down that we rose him from the dead like can't be saying i kill people all right gonna preach till daylight for jesus it's like uh, just buddy don't don't go back don't sit in the window again it's you gotta sit on the floor i think you could read the entire bible in less (laughs) time from like 5 p.m to 6 a.m i think i don't know if someone has the bible funny the Bible on audiobook, but I I have a feeling it's shorter than Paul's preaching that day. It's the most Paul way to resurrect someone. Like I I I literally died to get out of this sermon, and you rose me from the dead, and I listened to the rest of it. I mean, I think that it 
it does, it makes a lot of sense to me that Paul sermons literally bored people to death. Like that <laughs> makes, based on who Paul is as a character in this book, that makes perfect sense. And I mean, that's, that's kind of a big deal. Like that's how many people have actually bored someone to death. There are lots of people who are energy vampires, but like Paul takes it all the way. Yeah. Paul bored someone to death. That, that is quite a claim. And then climbed on top of him to say that it was fine. Yeah, <laughs> like everything it's fine. is fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. No need to see here. <laughs> just totally what you do when everything's fine is you throw yourself on top of someone who just <laughs> fell out a window. Oh my God. Normal. Again, everybody, every character in this book is just extremely normal. Yeah, totally normal. And, you know, and maybe I would have said like, oh, how did Paul gain such a following? But then I... Because he wouldn't our, let them leave. Yeah, wouldn't let them leave. Like, if you leave, you're going to die and I'm going to raise you back from the dead and you're going to listen to some more. Oh, I man. I mean, that, that is quite an oh, altar man. call. But it, I mean, I will say. Yeah, you have to you have to listen, listen to the sermon or die. Okay. Okay, I guess I'm listening. And if you do die listening to the sermon, I'm going to bring you back. <laughs> There's no way out. I'm going to show you what hell is like right now. Paul coercing people into Christianity. Again, this is like so on brand. Not a surprise. And again, like of all the people to resurrect, like, I, I mean, maybe, I'm sure that maybe this person, Eutychus or whatever his name is. Um, Eutychus. Eutychus. Eucalyptic. Sure Eucalyptus. <laughs> like, <laughs> he was in a multi-level oh. marketing kind of thing. I'm sure he was a fine person, but it's like I, there had to have been other non-narcoleptic people in Troas that the Bible is just so it's fascinating and and strange to me that like, okay, so people are walking around with the power to raise people from the dead nonchalantly, like Paul raised someone from the dead to cover up a mistake of his. Well, he clearly didn't think it was a mistake because he went back to doing it. Well, true, true. <laughs> Again, on brand for Paul. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're going to get the heat off me and I'm just going to keep doing this. <laughs> Not done speaking, bro. Come back to service. Come back. but. Like, seems very unethical to use your powers this way. Yeah, to use your powers this way or to use them haphazardly like this or to use. I can't imagine how ethically fucked up I would have to be to use resurrection to make a point, like to let someone die so that I can raise them up from the dead to make a point. But isn't that what Jesus did with Lazarus? Yeah, that's what Jesus did with Lazarus. Like, but that's that's what I'm referring to. Yeah, that's fucked up. <laughs> like death isn't that serious, you guys. Come on, it's fine. And I don't think I ever would have seen it as fucked up. But we've talked about how, you know, when you're in that system, you do it kind of, you can't be honest with yourself or you can't, you do gaslight yourself into thinking like this is normal or, or Jesus wept. Isn't that beautiful? And, and, and that can be a beautiful image. I'm not saying that there's no way it can be beautiful still, but it's like, he was also kind of being an antagonistic asshole. Yeah. And again, in other parts of scripture, he was an antagonistic asshole at funerals. Like this is, <laughs> this is on brand for Jesus. Like just not matching the emotions of the room to any degree which again his followers really do well at that of not you know fitting the situation i mean how many times like someone's died oh god had a plan god needed another angel or whatever and and then i'm like like what the fuck like supposedly people raised from the dead in this book and we're supposed to have that power too why isn't this happening 
you know, why did, why did, you know, you know, do I need to throw my relative out the window of a church while the pastor's preaching? So they like, gotta throw your relative into a grave or a grave of a famous prophet. Like, <laughs> and then See these stories though, I have to say way more fun than anything about Easter because they're kind of hilarious. So I feel like we made the right decision talking about resurrections just generally. I, I, I would agree. As opposed to the Jesus one, which we've all heard. And I think, you know, this, this other one, I don't know the world. Which one? I don't know how many other there's, resurrections. There's so many good know. ones. There are so many good ones. We get away the resurrection of Dorcas. Ah, uh, yes. Who's the most unfortunately named person in the scriptures. Her Greek name was Dorcas, but she had another name that she went by. Yeah. Uh, Tabitha. Which is, you know, again, that's just a better. Yeah, that's pretty. You know, and this this resurrection, honestly, is one that I'm like, yeah, this one jives with me in some ways. She was known for doing good and helping the poor. Like, that's what she did. You know, this is in Acts, like after Peter and Paul, uh, Peter kind of was getting a little bit full of himself and not taking care of people. So this this woman's doing it and she became sick and died. And then, you know, later on, they raised her from the dead. And that's really kind of the story. You know, they said, Tabitha, get up. And she got up and he helped her to her feet. And then, you know, I guess did they she, get her some food. They, they didn't actually. He paraded her around and presented her to everybody. Yeah. He's like, this is my, this is my object lesson for my sermon today. <laughs> she used to be dead. It's like, again, like who, who has verified this? It's like the whole town knew, knew that Tabitha had died already. I don't, I don't know. I'm just saying it's like, oh yeah, she was raised from the dead. Yeah. She was fine. Last time I saw her, what do you mean? She's fine now. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So it says this became known all in Joppa and many people believed in the Lord. And then Peter stayed in Joppa for some time. Cause he was preaching. Yeah. Cause he was preaching. You know? Yeah. So it was like, this is my big flashbang miracle. Like, look, I can raise people from the dead. Come listen to me. And like, okay. Thanks. I mean, the, the lady that took care of widows and orphans, I mean, I think that person deserves to be raised from the dead if their time has not yet come. Right? You know, for sure. Yeah, I can get with that one. But then it's like, oh, because of this, people believed. Yeah, Which is the more important part. That's what we're here for. And there's some in there's some in the old testament too. But yeah, there's yeah, there's a couple in the old testament. We don't we don't necessarily we can maybe save those for next year. Yeah, because they're all so weird random folk raising random folk from the dead <laughs> i know it could just be that we're westerners and we're into systems but it's just like you had a line to god to resurrect people because using it very haphazardly uh-huh yeah i guess peter's being very strategic here so hats off to peter for being strategic paul and jesus were just using it as like get out of jail free cards here's here's my and I loitered around Bethany or whatever too long, or I didn't. I was, what were you doing? Just gambling? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I had a really bad hangover. I just needed a minute. Just needed a couple of days. Sleep. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'll get to Lazarus one way or another. Oh my yeah. Like, get there i'll get there when i get there that's a you know that's a very I, jesus thing I, I in jesus defense i do suppose if i had the power to heal people and raise them from the dead my sense of urgency would probably be warped would be pretty low like, <laughs> like someone's sick and dying okay i'll, I'll get to them but right. which which trick i'm gonna use doesn't matter doesn't, doesn't matter doesn't matter the end result with them being healthy 
they've been dead for three days. We're grieving over here. <laughs> like he yawns, like shuffles out of bed. Okay, fine. Whatever. Get the fuck up. God, these are, yeah, these stories are amazing. I'm glad that they have been, I'm glad they've been collected. Uh, so, uh, you know, I suppose, how, how would you cast the Jesus that raises Lazarus from the dead? Um, let's see here. Honest, mm, hang on. I, you know, I gotta, I gotta go with like a hungover Jack Black on that one. That <laughs> <laughs> just, I don't know. That's just his vibe in this particular story. Yeah, that or I was thinking of like a Big Lebowski era Jeff Bridges. Oh, that'd be so good. Just kind of like stumbling around, like, oh, okay, well, I guess come out, <laughs> come out of the grave, I guess. <laughs> Give me a white Russian. Yeah. This is, yeah. No sense of urgency whatsoever. None. That's a great, that's a great point. That's a great point. I will get to you when I get to you. <laughs> Commenting like, oh, the rug really pulls the room together. Like Jesus, he died. <laughs> <laughs> like you got the wrong guy. I'm the dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> Just not because after this, I'm going to the cross. And I, so I'm really not in a hurry. You can't, you can't rush me on this list. You guys really, this is, this is my last good day. Oh my God. My, my, God. my last save, good day. <laughs> savor this. That's amazing. That is funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so thanks friends for letting us talk about reincarnation and resurrection. And if we bored you to death, then you turned it off before we got to this point. Yeah, absolutely. Which you did. Is the right thing to do. It would be the right thing to do because we want this week to be a good week for you. And getting semi-serious, I suppose, I realized that, you know, the week around Easter is, it's rough for some of us. So that's why we wanted to think a little bit about weird ideas about reincarnation and chuckle about resurrection stories because I think these are good therapeutic ways to spend our time in, you know, a week that could be kind of triggering. So we hope it is helpful for you. And if you do find it helpful, please give us a five-star review on the Apple or the Google or the, wherever you get the podcasts at that on the thing that you're listening to them to. And if you want, I uh, would love for you to go to Patreon, patreon.com slash going Bible sports show monetarily. That way we're not so dependent on ads. If you would like to follow us, Facebook and Twitter. You said it again. Fa- I did it again. Instagram. Well, I mean, Instagram is, is owned by Facebook, but it, it's Instagram. And this is going to be it's going to be like another like meta drinking game every time Justin can't figure out what social medias we're on Facebook and Instagram. Oh, damn, I did it again. <laughs> like, I think it's just because like in, in, in the like collective consciousness, they're all kind of clustered together. And that's the one that comes out Twitter and Instagram. There that's you go. where you can find us. We did the go home Bible. I, I'm, I'm not a voice actor. I don't read ad copy. Obviously. <laughs> So you can check us out there. And also uh, Tori and I are also on the Twitters. Um, I'm at Justin D. Gentry. She's at Tori Glass. We have other podcasts, uh, Rev Covery for myself, where we talk to ministers specifically about leaving ministry and what in the world that looks like. Tori has white homework, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's white homework. And uh, using neuroscience, I think, and whatnot, yeah. Uh, yeah. which I love that angle. It's a wonderful angle to come at it from. Uh, happy week of moon-based holiday. <laughs> yes we come up with a new way to say it every year <laughs> that's just like as vague as as possible so we hope you have a good week 
whatever that looks like for you. And yep. we hope that uh, you um, find something good in it. All right. Thanks, folks. We'll see ya. We'll see ya. Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.